It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh my God! I can't believe I choked on that. I should have gone with Philadelphia. I'm I'm so excited for the combine that I wanted to shout out, you know, the host city, and uh, and how dare I? What's going on, everybody? It's episode 174 of the not, Go- not a good start for your combine. Yeah, not a good, start. not great. That's a major major red flag there. I'm a little more medical already. <laughs> well, there's one thing we got to figure out by the end of this podcast. Uh, I will tease that for later. But uh, how was the flight? Uh, more uh, more or less there, Mr. Elliot Shore Parks joining us live from Indianapolis. What's happening, man? Flight was good. Flight was good. It was a small flight. Had to check my bag, which I'm never a Oof. fan of. So I'm pa- I'm parking. I mean, not parking. I'm packing last night. <laughs> I feel like I did a good job packing. Got my gym stuff. Got a few nice outfits. But I get here today. Forgot my hairspray. Oh, so I had to boy. walk like a half a mile to the CVS. Got the hairspray, which is good news. But the, the nice thing about being in India is you just walk around and there's just like... There's just NFL people everywhere, so I'm excited to be here and figure out what this, uh, what the Eagles have up their sleeves. Now, I'm really curious because the catering in Indianapolis is not exactly geared towards your diet. So, what do you do while you're there? Is well, that just like just so everybody knows? Everyone hangs out at the JW Marriott uh, pretty much every single night. I think that's that's like a thing that happens there. Uh, there's like 70 different restaurants. Which, you know, apparently everybody has. Oh, this is where you get the good scoops from. Which none of them are true. But I'm really curious. Like, what right. is your What's your what's your dining and alcohol levels throughout the weekend? Because most of the time, everybody's just you know wasted and full of food and all that. But what do you right. do specifically? Well, I'm I'm really happy you asked that because I'm the worst at making decisions when it comes to food <laughs> on the road. So I'm walking I'm walking to the CVS to get my hairspray, and I have to eat lunch. I haven't eaten since like six a.m. when I got up to catch my flight. I'm right. dinner I've dinner tonight, but it's not till seven o'clock. So I have to eat something. I pass a Subway. I go into a Jimmy John's, look at their menu, but decide it's too many calories, so I leave. <laughs> I walk by a pizza place, debated getting a salad, didn't do it. Came back, got to the hotel, decided I was hungry, and now I'm eating like 
this disgusting sandwich out of like the fridge next to like all the, yeah. So I should have just committed to one of the two. Unfortunately I did it and I'm paying for it, but I'm excited to like try some of the nicer restaurants in Indianapolis. Yeah, a little St. Amos. Uh, they got me addicted to the uh, yeah. St. Amos whiskey, even though it's got like cherry and vanilla and stuff in it. But apparently, it's, no whiskey, uh, no whiskey, no whiskey for. Uh, I've I, already made the executive decision. <laughs> I can't do it. All right, just just remember executive that we decision. we had the no whiskey conversation on Monday. All right, uh, that is going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep you to it and do a whiskey report pretty much every day, which is right. essentially why we're coming on here too. We want to set up, you know. We all pretty know what, what, much what's coming here. Um, there's some kind of uh, exciting things that I, are always going to happen around here. Here's the one thing that's on my mind, though. Uh, does the CBA kind of slow down the information and trade rumors and things like that? Or do you think it'll intensify because maybe there's a chance that a lot of these teams, just like we kind of saw during that Dream Team year, and I'm not suggesting that that's what the Eagles are doing or anything, but um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that you're going to get even more information because a lot of teams want to have this ready to rock and roll and get done. And once this new CBA gets ratified or whatever, then then it's kind of off to the races. Where do, where do you see it going this week in terms of that information? Yeah, look, the, the fact that there's not a CBA yet clear, clearly impacts things. I mean, even just with Alshon, if you were able to post-designate June 1st, Tim, you could spread out the hit. Although I'm not even really sure the Eagles would do that. They have so much cap space, but they will at least have that option. Now with no CBA you cut Alshon, it's $26 million in dead money. So that's just one example of how this is kind of impacting things in terms of timing. But what I will say is, like, it seems that CBA, maybe it doesn't get approved this week, or maybe it's another two weeks, right? But it does seem like at least they're close enough on, on enough things that it'll get done soon. And I'd also say that the things that are actually going to impact the Eagles in terms of salary cap moves, roster space, uh, salary cap, all that, that's all decided on. I mean, the real stuff that they're up to now is like 17 games and that type of thing, but that's not going to impact the Eagles' ability to cut or trade Alshon. So I think the CBA is kind of, in a way, like a dark cloud hanging over all this. But I think in terms of the Eagles' ability to make an offseason plan, I don't think it uh, impacts them that much. Yeah, I don't don't think so either. And do you think that there is – I mean, Howie and Doug are talking tomorrow, and if you're listening to this on Tuesday, they're going to talk today. And – me and Elliot at least are going to at least try and chat every single day just to, you know, kind of mm. gauge the flavor of what's going on down there. Um, Alshon's going to be a hot topic. I know that, you know, the firing of Grow is going to be a hot topic. Um, on those two things, we'll start with Alshon. Do you think that there's more clarity with that, or do you think you're just going to get a bunch of, you know, deflection answers between Howie and Doug on Alshon and his future here? Well, it's funny. Alshon is definitely a hot topic, but – when you first said it, I was thinking like, oh, like you meant like everyone at the combine is going to be talking about it. But I think it's oh. more like a depressing topic. Like it's more like figuring out what are they going to do with this situation? Because it's really a tough one they put themselves into. Um, look, what's Howie going to say about Alshon? I think he's just going to get up there and say he values Alshon. He's going to say that they're not in the business of giving away good football players. I can already see like the smirk on his face and just the mannerisms he'll use when he says it. So how he's going to get up there and do his job, which is to try to convince people they want Alshon. And then when he gets off the podium and he meets with teams and he talks to, you know, agents and does all types of backdoor networking and all that, they'll try to move on from Alshon and see. Now, what I will say is I think a team like the Jets makes a lot of sense. But being in Indianapolis, I think the Colts make a lot of sense too. Um, You know, they have Frank Reich. They have uh, 
Mike Rose, the receiver coach there. So I think those are two teams, but I do think these next few days are really going to be big in kind of determining what type of market there is for Alshon. Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't <laughs> – I mean, other than – I mean, you've felt very strongly about, you know, the Jets being a possibility. Outside of that, because I know that, you know, there's obviously Adam Gase, and we obviously know that uh, who the general manager is over there, but do you, is there anybody else outside of the Jets that would be like, oh, yeah, Alshon makes sense there? Yeah, I think the Colts. I think the Colts would make a lot of sense. Um, I think the Jaguars could make some sense, potentially with Nick Foles down there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a few places. I mean, here's, here's the thing about Alshon. Alshon is not a very good receiver, right? Like Alshon is – and <laughs> I didn't know what to say midway through that sentence, wow. and that's just kind of what came out. Yeah, He's right. not a very good receiver. Right. But here, here's what I would say. For, an, for, like, another team that maybe already has one really good receiver, has a good running game – Alshon's not terrible at $9 million a year. Now, the injury thing is a red flag. If he wasn't injured, I think they'd have no problem trading Alshon. They could maybe even get like a fourth or a fifth. Well, maybe more like a fifth form. The injury complicates things. But Alshon is still a guy that, you know, his skill set won't really diminish because he's, not a, he's never been a speed guy. He's still able to go up and get the ball. The injury shouldn't impact that that much. He's never been a burner. So it's not like you're worried about his speed. So I do think there will be somewhat – of an interest around the league. And I'd also say with the Jets, it's the perfect trading partner. They're out of the conference. They mm-hmm. need receivers. They have two really big tied Alshon to Alshon and Joe Douglas and Adam Gase. But also if you're, I mean, maybe Joe Douglas just frankly does Eagle a favor and say, okay, we'll, we'll give you a, a conditional seven. So you technically trade him instead of cut him. So that's why I think the Jets make a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. The, and obviously with Gro being in Indianapolis and Frank, you know, obviously knowing him too. And uh, I, who knows? I, I think there's <laughs> I don't know what the quarterback situation is there, but I'm sure he loves every single quarterback uh, not named Carson Wentz. And it'll be nice to have this finally kind of come to an end and maybe see where this uh, ends up going here. Is there anything? Let me, let me, let me say, Hans, let me just say one more thing. On sure, that, sure, 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 so, sure. There was, a, there was a story that came out in The Athletic, which kind of has refueled this conversation. Right. I'll say this. I don't think Alshon wants to leave Philadelphia. I think Alshon likes Philadelphia. He likes playing here. He likes his teammates. The Carson thing, frankly, I don't even think that's at a point of no return. Like, I don't think him and Carson are like, we're not talking T.O. and McNabb. Like, I think, yeah, like Alshon probably gets annoyed with Carson sometimes. And, you know, whatever you want to say about the Josina thing, whether it was him or not, at this point, he's been labeled as doing it. So it almost doesn't even matter. But I I really don't think like this is a situation where sometimes I think Carson and Alshon get painted in extremes where it's like, well, they don't like each other. And Alshon wants to leave because of him. That's not true. Carson, I don't think has any issues with Alshon. I don't think Alshon has any deep, deep rooted interest with Car- uh, deep rooted, um, you know, problem with Carson. And I don't think he wants to leave Philadelphia. I just think this is an instance where he's not that good anymore, right? He doesn't fit what the Eagles want. Right. You can't go with two old receivers again. And I do think that, like the Eagles as an organization, are probably not happy about what they seem to believe is that him leaking stuff. So I think those are the bigger issues as opposed to like Alshon wanting to force his way out. Uh, yeah, and I don't think he's. I, I sorry. Yeah, if I gave that impression, I don't think Alshon's forcing no, his way you. out either. I just mean in general. I think it's gotten there. Yeah, and and it, and there's obviously reasons why I think people at certain times during the season had reported the different levels of kind of what they were going through. Because at first it wasn't like that big of a deal, and then towards the end of the year, obviously with 
Alshon being injured, and I'm sure that there's people that have talked around that. And as we know, you know, Ruben Frank, and I'm, I'm really curious why nobody picked that up. Like, uh, just randomly, uh, a day or two, I think, or during the Eagles broadcast, said toxic at one point when they're trying to win games and go into the playoffs there. So if you're telling me that it's not completely unrepairable, uh, then then maybe there's you know something can be done here, but it's I don't think anybody in Philadelphia is going. Oh, please make sure you gotta hold on to Alshon spe- specifically because he's not that great. And if they're not getting along, then what's the point? I really want to know what they've been griping about, though. You know, like what outside of like, hey, you're not Nick Foles. I can't really, I I, I don't understand. You know, the beef in between there. Maybe we'll eventually know that in three four years down the road, but. If if you say yeah, it's- and also I mean, like let's be honest, the stuff that he let's just say he was the leak to Josina this year, right. this year, right? Let's right. say he was. Like, what even was it that maybe Carson should check down a little more? Like, it wasn't. <laughs> like, I think sometimes the yeah. story's gotten blown out of proportion to the point where it's like, you know, Alshon's leaking that Carson's the worst teammate in the world and he's a terrible guy and they can't even be together. Like, it's nowhere near any of that. I, I think that if they move on from Alshon, it'll just be because. He's old. He doesn't really fit what they want anymore. And at the end of the day, I do think there's probably like him and Carson don't have a a great relationship, but I really don't think if Alshon was still a productive player, Mm -hmm. he'd be back next year. Period. That's what I think. This is mostly has to do with the injury and just where they want to go at receiver. Uh, Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And that's where, certainly the focus is going to be for Eagles fans this week when we're, I mean, there, everybody's kind of playing tag, uh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, uh, what did I say his name right? <laughs> uh, Daniel Jeremiah. It came out and kind of almost is is continuing to pump up guys like Rugs and you know Jerry Judy's going to go way before the Eagles even have an opportunity for it. And there's like seventy other names that everybody kind of falls in love with and will continue to fall in love with this week. But like I, I understand and we know what's at stake with wide receivers. We know that this Eagles team absolutely needs to restructure. It's wide receiving core because it's it's either not there or old or not going to be there or whatever. But man, I, I still feel the same way that I do from the last couple of weeks. Like they need to be really pinpointed on who are the best pass rushers in this class. Uh, and I think that's you start with DN, but I'm not taking away like a defensive tackle corners. We know is is an obvious situation here. I I think because of the way the class is. The way that there is so much talent in this uh, in this draft class when it comes to wide receiver, that 21, especially there, there's probably going to be plenty of opportunity for these guys to go and do it. So this week, I, I'm, I, I know what the wide receivers are pretty much going to do here. Uh, I, I'm really looking at that next pass rusher, that next corner that maybe isn't getting enough love. And I don't know if you're focused on, on that more or less uh, over the next couple of days, but... I think the Eagles certainly need to be attacking there. Uh, and, you know, I, I would put wide receiver two, three, three at worst, but I'm looking at, at DNs and corners over wide receivers at least this week. How about you? So if you're just talking about this, well, I guess I, do, I disagree with you on both, both fronts in terms of corner. I think receiver is a bigger need through the draft. And I also, like, I would pay James Bradbury, but outside of that, I don't really want to pay Byron Jones or, and, you know, in terms of the guy that will be there at 21, I haven't had a chance to look at the corners yet in the draft, but it doesn't seem like that'll be the best player there. I could be wrong, and the draft's still a while away, but right. it doesn't seem like that'll be the fit there. The one thing I'll say is just, like, one, th- one thing I've picked up just from being in Indy for a few hours already and just talking to different people in my route to uh, to CVS for hairspray, <laughs> like, 
I, I, I don't think Henry, Henry Ruggs is going to be there at 21. Like, I, I'm not going to no. pretend like that's some type of huge scoop, but I, right. I really don't think he's going to be there at 21. Uh, I think you're going to see him run in the four twos, and that'll basically end that. Um, so I, I'm actually not as confident that someone will be there at 21 that I used to. Um, I don't know how you feel about T. Higgins, but – like I think he'll be there, but I don't know if he fits the the speed guy that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mean his production at Clemson is obviously impressive, and Clemson receivers always seem to come in the NFL and do great. So I'm not crossing him off my board by any stretch, but he's not like the burner down the field guy the Eagles are looking for. So I mean, look, there's a lot to be decided this week, obviously, but I'm a little more hesitant about maybe they're definitely being guy there at 21 at receiver than I used to be. Uh, yeah, and I don't. I, I know people are. I mean, T. Higgins is very polarizing, and I'm pretty sure he turned in because it is it is meat market day. Uh, but I, I didn't see exact measurements. Everybody said, you know, he he looks the part. He's supposed to be that. And I don't think this this team is. And I agree that 100 percent this team needs speed. Uh, and there's a there's a ton of speed in here. Everybody's going to get obsessed with Jalen Rager and all these other guys. Even though I look at guys like Jalen Rager and maybe even. Uh, T. Higgins to some fits in this category, but like, uh, and not comparing the two at all because they're completely different players. But I, I look at Jalen Rager as another case of, well, he could be definitely more on the Corey Clements or in no, a Corey Clement, listen to me, uh, the uh, Corey Coleman side Corey Coleman. Uh, than, than he is like this this next superstar that's uh, unbustable. And look, he's the next to Sean Jackson, the next big deep threat, and whatever. Like, um, there are. There, there's a long way to go with with some of those speed guys, and I don't think that you know that's been talked about enough. Uh, and even even then, let me just I'm trying to see what T Higgins. Oh yeah, man, like such a huge target, six four basically, two hundred sixteen pounds. Uh, his wingspan's eight, you know, like eighty one inches, which is ridiculous. Uh, and you know, on top of that, his his arms are are pretty standard there too. So I don't think it's you should ignore the wide receiver position if you know guys are going to be productive, just like you said. You know, it doesn't mean that, like, you should take T. Higgins right. at 21, but you should at least consider either moving down or whatever form because you need you need production as well as speed in this. So, like, everything is on the table. You don't want to end I think because ba- people have such a bad J.J. taste in their mouth right now that all they want is speed, but there are a lot of guys like T. Higgins in here that I think could help you know, this team immensely and then go get speed, uh, you know, uh, later on. Cause again, there's, there's a ton of different options there, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that's uh that'd be too crazy. I think people would be a little bit upset there, but uh, what, what do you want most of all, you know, from, from this combine here? Uh, what are, where are some of your big, uh, big points that you're looking at? Well, through the draft, I think it, it to me, it's receiver and defensive end. I agree with you on that. I think they really need to pass pressure. They got to get the receiver pick right, period. Like whether it's a 21, whether it's in the second round, someone's not there at 21, you have to get the pick right, whoever it is. And to your point about T. Higgins, yeah, he's, he's not a burner, but I mean, this team is in no position to only like pigeonhole themselves into a certain type of guy. Yeah. I, I think they should go with speed. Ideally, that's what you want to do. But if T. Higgins is the next, like, you know, fucking DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> yeah, like, right, yeah, you, yeah, you go whatever, and you take yeah. him at 21, right? Like, like, <clears throat> As good as he is, I mean, as good as I think he has the potential to be, I would at least consider him there. The other thing, though, for me, the biggest, the biggest thing they have to accomplish this week is just get a feel on what the guys on their own roster is worth. Like, are they going to be able to trade Alshon? What's Malcolm Jenkins looking for? Are they going to extend, uh, extend Zacharis? Figure out what they're doing with Jason Peters. Like, they, they talk to guys, you know, throughout the offseason, so it's not like being in Indianapolis 
means they can finally talk to an agent. But I think it does mean you get face, you get face-to-face meetings. You get to kind of do these things, uh, you know, a little easier than you would over phone or email since, you know, it's basically legal tampering, but all the teams do it. So I think these next few days are actually much bigger in that regard than they are in terms of the NFL draft. Uh, the one biggest thing that I'm looking forward to uh, actually isn't any player or really just, you know, any coach, any GM. It is really how many times Elliot Shore Parks is going to ask. And I, I, let me set the over-under. Let's see. There's five, are you going to every single media availability or are you specifically just going like, all right, I'm going to focus on wide receiver, DB, and pass rushers. Like, what's your what's your plan overall for the week? And then I can set an over-under. Well, so every, every uh, time there's one of these combines, all the players meet with the media and there's like big scrums and everyone gets mad when everyone asks like, so did you meet with the Eagles? I'm going to be that guy walking around asking if you met with yes. the Eagles. Like, I'm sorry. I care more about whether these guys met with the Eagles than I do about their history from high school when they played in a three, four and then transitioned to a four, three. Like that's just not my beat. It's not really what I'm into. I want to know who the Eagles are meeting with. Everyone says it doesn't matter. It does matter. The it Eagles matters. only get a certain amount. It matters. They, I mean, there's over 300 players here. They'll talk to all of them, but they'll only get like in-depth one-on-ones with, I, of course, the number's escaping my mind right now, but they'll only get a certain amount of formal interviews with players. I think it's like, 30? Like less than a third. So, yeah. Uh, well, they get 30 official visits to the NovaCare. I think oh, it's that's more right. at the combine. But regardless, regardless it's, not, it's not the uh, – they don't get to meet with every single player, right? Like, right. So to me, that's really, that's really important as to – who they meet with, who they, who they decide to have sit down with Doug and Howie as opposed to just talk to an assistant coach in the hallway. So I'll be going to the, the receivers tomorrow talk, the quarterbacks talk, and then the running backs, I believe, are on Wednesday. So I'll be focusing all those guys. Unfortunately, I'll be leaving Indianapolis for the defensive players talk, <laughs> but those are the guys I'll be focusing on while I'm here. All right, so three big groups. There's about, you know, oh, 30, 30 or so, you would say, per position group. So let's go. I'm going to say... I'm going to set the over-under for the three days that you asked that question at 21 and a half. 21 and a oh, half. easy. Easy yeah, over? All easy. right, we've got to bump up the over easy. then. Uh, let's, do, yeah. let's do 42 and a half then. You think that's a manageable Well, number. and here's, here's my move. I go up to him and I go like, so I'll say something like, so, uh, you know, what's the combine interviews been like so far? Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, it's great to meet with teams, blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, cool. Did you meet with the Eagles? Like, completely zoned out with what they're saying from my first question and just wait for the second one. Like, I like, all you be care like, about. Oh, man, like, how are the interviews going? And they're like, oh, it's great, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm like, all right, wrap it up. Like, okay, do you meet with just the Eagles? Get to the answer. And then once I do it, once I'm man enough to do it, that's when all the other beat writers jump in. Like, how about the Bucks? How you about meet with the, the 49ers? Did, did you, how about the Vikings? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the one that takes the bullet for everybody. But yeah, just like, a, just like everything. Be- your takes... Your your exactly. hair, like you're always going to be the guy that that crosses that wall, which is really confusing to me that you can't make great decisions on food, you know, all at the same time. Yeah, well, it's- I make bad decisions on food for sure. <laughs> I'm already I'm already regretting the sandwich. Yes, I'm like only five bites in. Yeah. Yes, uh, we are going to keep it uh, light, but um, I I just have I, I know people always kind of do their predictions. Um, I will have one small one. Is that? Uh, oh, I don't think he was invited to the combine, though. I, I noticed that uh, uh, Chance Warmack's brother is is apparently like really trying to get a boost here. Um, so I, I thought that the Eagles would definitely speak to him, but now I'm realizing he's probably not in the draft. So I'll go with a with a uh, with another Alabama guy that I think is isn't getting talked about enough. Actually, in a corner uh, Trevon Diggs is probably going to be. 
one of the most talked about corners after the combine. Um, uh, right. I, I'm pretty sure he was a portal guy at Ohio State. Um, I didn't see him get uh, talked up a, a lot. I don't know if draft Twitter's all over him or not. I've kind of like, you know, semi-stopped paying attention to everything that they, they say that's going on there. But I think Trevon Diggs is going to be one of the guys that either is linked to the Eagles at some point or fans are, are kind of blown away by his timing and numbers and all that. And I think they'll get to him uh, eventually with the, the meat market today or tomorrow. Um, but I, I really like him. That's one guy I've kind of dove into and uh, I think he makes a lot of sense uh, as an eagle. Of course, he's got all those those downsides of you know I don't know what they how they qualify, but he, you know he his, he uses his in- instincts too much and not enough in the playbook and all that other stuff. I've I've seen that written about, but um, I think he's a, a more than a solid corner, and I think he's a natural riser in this draft. So that was the the only guy that kind of really caught my eye. Uh, with that, but uh, more excited to see who Elliot kind of mingles with, uh, and uh, we are just, a, by the way, a couple weeks away. Um, uh, Elliot and James can't make it, obviously, but if you're a podcaster that wants to uh, either venture into podcasting, you're brand new to it, or you've been in the game for a while, uh, or you're you know just a complete old head like all of us here and want to just get together for some beers. Uh, I'm launching the first annual uh, Podcasters in Beers on March 5th at the Conchi Brewing Company uh, in Conchahokan, and I'm literally doing that so I can just walk there. <laughs> so sorry there you to you go. guys. Uh, but um, I, it, we've got a lot of great responses so far if you want to just come hang out and, you know, open mind if you're a business, if you're not a business, Learn, learn whatever. from the best. You can learn from the best. Well, try, I don't. I don't know about that, but we'll definitely uh, chat and uh, and look forward to seeing you guys again March fifth at the Conchocky Brewing Company. I will have a pin tweet at John Barchard there uh, if you want to come to that. And then uh, we've got some we've got some things that we're working on as we get closer to the draft as well. We can't wait to share it with you. Uh, any any final thoughts from you uh, from Indy, my, my good friend? Well, here I'll tell one good Indy story, and then then we'll uh, go because we got you know record tomorrow, obviously. right? So a few years ago, it was right after the Eagles had hired Chip Kelly, I believe, because they had talked to Tom Coughlin. So I'm walking through Indy. It's pretty late at night. And I walk by Tom Coughlin and I'm with a group of people. It's like we keep moving. And then I'm like, oh, man, they like just interviewed Tom Coughlin. I should really try to talk to him. So I'm about a a block away from him. And it's not raining, but it's just kind of wet because it's Indy and it's just always kind of wet and cold. I have on, have on my new, my new Yeezys because I'm like trying to look cool in front of everybody. <laughs> so I have them on. I see Tom Coughlin. I turn around. I'm like, I got to go get him. So I run in my new shoes all the way to get Tom Coughlin. I'm like, hey, Tom, you know, my name's Elliot. I cover the Eagles. I was really just, and right in the middle of that, he goes, can't talk and keeps moving. And I'm like, well, <laughs> all right. That was, so that, Tom was, uh, Tom- that was not worth the run, but. <laughs> Tom Coughlin gave me the stiff arm, man. I can't believe it. Yeah, so probably probably a lot of that tonight, but I'll do my best to uh, mingle around and see what's going on. Okay, good. And you uh, mingle as much as possible because we want to hear all sorts of stories, including maybe you even accidentally drunkenly walking in uh, after having whiskey you're definitely not drinking uh, to steak and shake. Nope. And I just want to see what that experience is like for like one Elliot Short oh, Park. I will not be doing steak and shake. <laughs> I, I, I will promise you that. Uh, but we'll <laughs> I'll have... be very disappointed in myself. We're talking tomorrow and I've eaten steak and shake. <laughs> Things will have gone terribly wrong. All right. So here's what I think we should do then. Uh, as best as you can, have a little tick mark for every time you ask, have you met with the Eagles? And then we'll just kind of update right. people as, as we go along here. And I think that's good. And then tell us 
who's met with the Eagles, and I think that would be fun. So Elliot is obviously down in Indy. Well, yeah. We'll be talking as much as possible uh, throughout the week on uh, fun stories, good nuggets, or reactions to combine times and the rest. But we appreciate you guys hanging out with us as always. And uh, it's uh, it is a race back to news and a lot more podcasts. We're very excited that the off season is finally officially kicking off. At the combine, will be there all week, or at least Elliot will be there all week. We will be there in spirit, and we appreciate you listening to episode number one seventy four of the Go Birds podcast right here, Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds!